0: Welcome back to the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Real People, with your host, Gabrielle Mazar. Gabriel Mazar. On today's show, Gabrielle interviews Sabrina Oso, founder and CEO of Oso Safe. A victim of home violence as a child, she's made it her goal to make your home, office, and school free from violence. We discuss her story and how and why she created Oso Safe. Now, here's your host, personal trainer and stretch therapist, Gabrielle Mazar. Mazar.
1: Welcome back to the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness to real people. I'm your host, Gabrielle Mazar. And on today's episode, I have Sabrina Oso of Oso Safe. Welcome to the show today.
2: Thank you so much, Gabrielle. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So... Oh so Safe is the company that you started and run and why don't you tell us a little bit about it and how it started and just go right on into it.
2: Sure, sure. Thank you again for the opportunity. We really appreciate any exposure that we get. So thank you. Oh um, uh, So Safe started. Uh, I've had enough therapy to be comfortable enough to say that I am a victim of violence. My father beat my mother on a regular basis and my mother would abuse me. So um, I know firsthand how it is to live in that type of environment. And it was pretty traumatic. Um, and I, I didn't start uh, living my life until I moved out really. Um, that's what happens with violence. It steals your life essentially. Uh, it distracts you tremendously. And um, and in therapy, my therapist said, Sabrina, you're a dancer. You have to dance. Go dance. So I, I've always had it in me as a dancer, uh, but I couldn't even think about dance. Growing up in my house, no one would be able to take me to dance. There was no one in the family that was a dancer. I had to kind of put it on the back burner, even squash it, if you will, actually. And, uh, and then I, I moved out and I did what I was supposed to do. I, I, I was uh, a computer science degree and getting those jobs then, but I was so unfulfilled. Um, so I went for it. I, I auditioned, I would, I was heavily, heavily training dance classes in New York city. I was taking 12 classes a week. I was uh, submerged and incredibly immersed in the dance world, if you will. And, um, and I was getting gigs, and and I started writing my one-woman show. And it's called Home Sweet Home, question mark. And I play different women being abused. She goes to her good place. That's where the dancing comes in. But then she's pulled back into the terror of violence. But the show ends really strong, really empowering, And uh, I actually performed it with my dance students at the time because I was teaching dance for like 10 years at that time. And I did a lot of research for the show. And I couldn't believe the statistics that I was finding um, because I wanted the show to be entertaining, educational, and empowering. And I said to myself, I need to make this into a business, into a bona fide business with products and services, So that's how Oh So Safe was born, really. Um, And uh, yeah, so to answer your question, that's how that's how it came about.
1: And and here we are. (laughs) Yeah, it's really difficult for a lot of people to break that cycle of violence. It becomes kind of a generational thing. How do you feel that you you know, using dance and using therapy broke that cycle and kind of turned it into your business and something positive to help other people. Right.
2: Uh, Well, uh, like I said, unfortunately, I didn't start dancing early. So it wasn't like an outlet. So the outlet came later when I moved out. But I got to say, I was heavy duty uh, clubbing in the city. And that was really my first dance training, really. I, oh, I loved it. I loved it. I I love techno. It's my favorite music other than Latin, uh, Latin dancing and partnering. But I love techno, the whole club scene. Um, And I was club hopping and I felt so free. I, I just felt so liberated and, and safe and Oh my gosh, I just, I felt so good. And it was like accumulated years of pain and suffering and terror that I just completely released on the dance floor. And, uh, and, and, and I started taking classes and I was training and I, I was dance teaching. So, and the therapy helped a lot because I was able to become aware of what I was doing, like my mistakes or getting into relationships and and wondering why things weren't working out. And my my therapist would bring it to my attention, Sabrina, it's because you go towards what you are used to. And I'm never going to forget that because bad or good, whatever you're used to, that's what you're going to gravitate towards. Mm -hmm. So um, luckily I, I, I broke the cycle through therapy and I made it a point to get involved with guys that treated me right. If anything, I ran away from the good guys because I didn't know what to do with that. Yeah. I was so used to bad. Right. Like it felt abnormal to me. Like, wow, they're treating me so well because it really messes with your head when you grow up with violence, abuse, chaos, dysfunction, but I, I've, been a, I've been in a long-time relationship for quite some time now, and, and he's great. He's very supportive. He's the antithesis of my father. And it, it's really, to answer your question, um, Gabby, it, it's a work in progress always. And, uh, um, and it's always, you have to check in with yourself, you know, maybe increase therapy if, if it's not enough. Don't be ashamed to get therapy, I'm so glad that COVID has brought that to light, like where we're talking about more about therapy. And there's so many websites now that you could call, you can text, you can email, better help. And what is it? Headspace and talk space. And so I'm so glad that's becoming more, there's a lot of less shame around mental health, yeah, uh, which I'm glad because- if you're not okay up here, nothing else is going to work. Everything else will start breaking down. So, uh, I hope I answered your question.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's what's interesting is that it's uh, what you're talking about specifically is is violence and violence in the home and in relationships, but or or in the workplace even because you work with that also. But it, it, m- your mental space and mental health and therapy and seeking help isn't just necessarily related to that because every single person has a story every single person has maybe demons or or issues or problems or things anything that they deal with and seeking help doesn't have to be shameful so whatever problem you feel that you're dealing with it could be It could be anything. Seeking help is not, is not, and should not be shameful because it's something that you feel is, is a problem and someone else can help you to overcome that or to deal with it or cope with it to be able to go on with your everyday life. So it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be as extreme as abuse or, uh, um, drugs or alcohol or whatever it is. It can be whatever you dealt with in, in your family growing up that you feel was an issue and seeking help is okay no matter what.
2: I agree. I agree. And it's an excellent point that you're making because I, I have to say, I think everybody should be in mental health therapy seeking out help because you never know when an episode of of something will happen and if you have a therapist already then you have that much uh you're ahead of the game and as we say at also safe there's shame in not getting help versus getting help that's where the shame is and like you said it doesn't have to be so traumatic or heavy it could be something as um As uh, I don't know if you want to say light, but maybe you have a sibling that your parent paid attention to more than you and and it affected you. And it was a loving environment, but you felt that your sibling got more attention or got more more material things and you felt left out. and and it affects you. you you maybe you have issues where you feel like you're not good enough or not enough period or and and that's affecting your relationships your friendships so so yes and in fact our services um, we make it a point in residency and we are we are marketing this to residency specifically landlords and tenants but we want this to propagate over all residency That there are therapists assigned to the property, so there is no more excuses where oh I don't have a therapist or I didn't know that pulling my partner's hair constitutes abuse. Now you know, because you got educated, there are therapists assigned to the property where you're required to check in with your therapist once a month, is everything okay, is anything looming do you that way it's all on the preventative side versus waiting for an episode of violence of chaos of abuse to happen because at that point it's almost too late yeah so we focus on prevention but i like i i really like what you said because we all are dealing with stuff
1: everybody on some every, level every single person not one person is untouched not one in this entire world is untouched <laughs> right yep, yep. Yes, so, I agree. Speaking of prevention, um, what are some warning signs? Uh, warning signs for you in a workplace, warning signs for you in a relationship, warning signs for you as um, on the outside in a workplace or in a friendship, looking out from the outside. What are warning signs that people can look out for? Yes.
2: Uh, You mentioned workplace before, and that's uh, an excellent, um, we need to make it our business to interfere just enough. Because to kind of say, oh, it's none of our business. That's their stuff. Um, We're really not at a point in time and in the world to say that or to give that as an excuse anymore. It wasn't an excuse before, let alone now with COVID and, and suicide, suicidal rates have skyrocketed, violence, the awareness of it, um, all, all of these movements, Me Too, Time's Up, um, you name it. So we need to make it a point to really interfere in a healthy way. At, at work if you see a coworker with dark sunglasses yes the sun is out maybe maybe it's because they're sensitive to light but chances are they're hiding a black eye if they're if it's warm outside and they're wearing long sleeves yes our places of uh, our workplaces are air conditioned however they could be hiding bruises cuts baseball bat wounds if they're eating habits have changed their sleeping habits have changed and it's and it's reflecting in the workplace where this your coworker used to be very on point but all of a sudden and I don't even want to say all of a sudden maybe over the course of days weeks months wow their performance has declined they're coming in late they're not coming in at all they're doing poor work we have to intervene and just to be a friend and say, "Look, I just want to talk to you. I am I'm here to listen. I'm not going to judge you. please, i'm I'm here for you. Is there anything going on? Um, is there things going on at home that you want to talk about? This is confidential? but I I want you to know that I'm here for you. And they may say, no, everything is fine. Everything is fine once, twice, three times. But if you keep asking those questions and give it a couple of days of space, eventually that person will trust you and say certain things like, well, actually, yeah, there are problems. My husband, my wife, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, my ex showed up, Uh, things are getting chaotic a bit violent and there is such there is no such thing as a bit violent violence is violence no matter what right um so it's important to listen and not judge um and and we have in place for the workplace what are the right protocols um and we're saying look get us into their places of residence because this is where we are preventative and where we have systems in place to prevent it from getting worse any further if you will um just to give you a statistic gabby there are 2 million incidents of workplace violence that occurs in the u.s that comes out to be about thirty-three thousand per week and of those 17 result in a murder Wow. Those are just the ones that are documented that we know about, and that's a lot across the country. Uh, so it happens, it happens. And companies don't want to be sued for negligence. They don't want to be sued for not doing the right thing and being proactive. So it is it is we design uh, items in policies to address home violence. Uh, because let's face it, violence at home it doesn't end there. It seeps into the workplace. It seeps if you have children. It definitely seeps in schools, universities, public places. So um, another warning sign is change of dress. Let's say this person was very stylish and very outgoing in their personality, and then uh, they they change they're covered up more or they, they're they very introverted or they're silent, things are going on, things are going on. Um, it could be that it's there's a death in the family, granted, maybe a sickness in the family that they don't wanna talk about, but keep asking those questions because, believe me, it's better to ask and help than to have a murder Yeah, And it happens in in the workplace where you never get to see that person. And then you you have to live with the regret and the guilt. Why didn't I say more? Why didn't I do more? Because once someone is gone, they're gone.
1: Right. And, you know, like I said before, it's and you just said it doesn't end at home. And then again, it's it's a generational generational thing. So it it's it seeps into the children, and then on and and those children are bringing it into the school, or growing up with that violence and right. continuing that that pattern of violence on and on and on and on. So, you're right; it's not just it doesn't stop here. It continues on and and is brought into all those other places. So, yeah, it, it's it is scary to think that 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 happens and that there are, I mean, 2 million acts of violence in the workplace alone that are reported. That's quite a bit more than I'm sure anybody even, even thinks. And I know for me personally, uh, many years ago, I experienced a situation in the workplace, um, And I was let go because of it. And of course, everybody was like, what did you do this time, you know? And then it turned out months later that a few of my female coworkers got together and sued him and they won. And they came to me before the lawsuit and asked me if I wanted to get in on it. Of course, me being, you know, 19 years old thought it wasn't that big of a deal. You know, well, he threatened me. He threatened me using profanity that he would hit me, my manager. And you know, I just chalked it up to, it's a joke. It's not a big deal. And you know, these three other women were also taken advantage of and threatened and said inappropriate things too. And they did. They sued him, and they won. And you know, I I didn't think anything of it. I didn't think anything of it at nineteen years old. And it's it's who knows? Who knew how often he had said things to other women at the time? I have no idea. So if it it could have happened a hundred other times to a 100 other people to and I never would have known but
2: oh wow uh, Gabby thank you for saying that thank you for disclosing that and sharing that with me and uh, I'm so sorry that that happened I, I like to say that because so many of us were not it's not acknowledged it's not honored it's always belittled or undermined so I'm sorry that you went through that and at 19 You're still a kid you're a kid and you're it's traumatic and I could tell it's um not that it affects you it's just something that you um that you went through and 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 to some level it's um it's there and and I'm so glad that those women won and for sure you weren't the first one um this is like bombshell the movie this is what you're saying, it's and I I love that movie um, with Gretchen. I forgot her name. Uh, Roger Ailes. It sounds like you had a Roger Ailes situation, and um, we have to speak out. I, I, and I know it's scary. I know it's scary. It's petrifying. It's uh, and I'm so glad that we are more and more. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, and and I feel like. We as and this is what we do. I'd also say we like young, especially young people, young girls, even boys. I would say, but young girls, we have to give them, for lack of a better word, ammunition, and and let them know that, look, you're 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 in high school, you're uh, uh, entering college or into the workplace. Look out for these things. Know what document say something, um, record. um, And so to kind of let them know that don't take any of that crap. And it's not that it's your fault by any means.
1: Absolutely Absolutely
2: not. You know, it's not your fault. And it sounds like, you know, you were told, what did you do this time? It's textbook
1: victim blaming, textbook. And to me, I mean, to me, it was whatever. Okay. Idiot. You're a moron. I don't, whatever. Okay. Threaten me because I had never been a victim. I had never been in that situation. I didn't care. You're an idiot, man. What, what are you going to do to me? But I had never been in a situation. I had never been victimized. I had never been in a violent situation, but what if I had, what if that had been a trigger to me? What if I had been, Someone who had been and grown up in a violent situation, and he doesn't know that. So to me, it was no big deal. And my manager asked me—you know—the other manager was there and asked me later, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "Yeah, whatever. Who cares? This guy's an idiot. I don't care." And I was the one that ended up losing my job because of it. But to me, it was no big deal. But to somebody else, it is—it is a big deal, you know. And I understand that's the difference, you know, and it's, it's a trigger. It's something, and it's something that shouldn't happen and shouldn't be okay. But I thought no big deal. And that's what makes it even worse. Why is it no big deal? Why is it, why is it okay for this person to be able to say this to a a 50 something year old man, to say this to a 19 year old girl? It's not
2: okay. (laughs) It's not okay. Whether you were whether you went through it as a child or a young adult, what have you or not, right. it, it, it's not okay. Right. period over and out. So uh, um, and and the fact that there are and there are many triggers and triggers are different for everybody. Right. Um, I know one of mine is slamming doors and I'm not saying I don't slam doors, but when other people do it, because my father was the king of slamming doors in in the house so uh it's a trigger um even just certain things certain what people say and anything could be a trigger um so uh what I want to say is that we really have to be we have to talk about this and like workplaces have to make it a regular part of training. Don't wait until an episode happens. Say it in the lunchroom, say it at at the beginning of every meeting, say it at the end of every meeting, say it on a project if you work in HR or in quality assurance or in research and development and you're doing what you need to do, but say it in there, look, we will not tolerate any inappropriate behavior. Um, If you call someone a slut, a whore, a tramp, that constitutes sexual harassment. Say it. This has to be said on a regular basis. I say this in schools and in universities, teachers, professors, say to your students, who's got a hot date this weekend? We're not going to rape, correct? We're not going to sexually assault. It might sound weird, but But it needs to be said. Right. It, it needs to be said. It needs to be out in the open, front and center. Where, and, and we know what constitutes sexual assault because we learned it at such and such workshop. Da, 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 da. It has to be said on a regular basis. Right. So same thing for the workplace, schools, at home. It needs to be said. And this man, which I, I, I like to say if he was a true man he wouldn't have done that he's a lot of things but a man he's not because a true man wouldn't do that he obviously is misinformed uh uh he uh, he grew up like that obviously because if he's like that in the workplace imagine how he is behind closed doors mm-hmm. that's what we always say Absolutely. at also safe so you know if someone is racist openly in the workplace on the street imagine how they are at home 100 times uh,
1: worse
2: right right so this is why it's repetition it's it's not just one and done the education has to be ingrained in our psyche everybody everybody whether you went through it or not whether you you come from a a good family meaning that every, there was no violence, abuse, there was safety and freedom of choice and respect. This manager disrespected completely. And it's one of the core ingredients in a safe home, a safe workplace, a safe school, respect.
1: Yeah. So tell me, uh, tell me exactly what oh so safe does what your programs are a little bit more in depth about what exactly oh safe does as a as a business
2: sure. Um, our three main markets are uh, workplace workplaces schools and places of residence and we focus on places of residence because that's where it's at, as we have been saying throughout this interview. If we make homes safe then everything else will fall into place. Our workplaces will be safe, schools, universities, our public places will be safe. So our core product is the OSO oh Safe Home Suite Home package. We are introducing this into the real estate industry specifically landlords and tenants, but we are looking to prop- have this propagated over all residency. And we're saying, look, Mr. and Miss Landlord, hire us, get your properties also safe certified. You purchase the Home Sweet Home Package. It consists of a policy, a seminar, an act, and therapists assigned to the property. The policy basically states: I, as a landlord, I promise to provide you a safe space for you to live. You, in turn, as my tenant, you promise to not act in any way, shape, or form abusively. Otherwise, you, the abuser only, gets immediately evicted from the premises. And we go into full knowledge knowing that that would be the consequences. So the rest of the family unit can stay, provided that they could still pay the rent or the mortgage everybody signs the policy. The seminar is for everybody. We go over facts, statistics, warning signs, definitions of abuse, the difference between abuse and discipline, just to name a few items. So that way, everybody's educated. There are no excuses. Oh, I didn't know if I called my kid a brat, a monster, a prissy little bitch, that that constitutes abuse. Now you know then the app which is being updated right now but i hired a software company to this app will detect violent like movements and captures them in real time issuing alerts to the landlord so let's say a landlord has 10 units he or she will get the alert oh wow in my unit two in my unit 10 i just saw you beat the crap out of her or you just beat the crap out of him this is grounds for eviction you know that you're held to a higher regard, a higher standard in an no so safe certified property. You got to go. I have to maintain property reputation. I want to keep the rest of my, my building safe. So that's the app. And the fourth component of the certification of the package is the, the therapists. Therapists are assigned to the property. So you call in, you check in with your therapist. It's part of your residency now. So, like we said, everybody needs therapy. Uh, it could be as minute as what we mentioned before. Um, you, maybe you, you have a fear of elevators, or maybe you were traumatized as a kid, or you're about to enter a relationship and, wow, I don't know about this. Well, you got therapists assigned to the building that you can work all of this out with. So it's on the preventative side. So this is our core product. Um, And then we also carry this over into schools and the workplace, because as far as we're concerned, those are the three places that an adult and a child spend most of their time at home, at work and at school. So I hope, excuse me, I hope I answered the question.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, so you're a TEDx speaker, a real estate agent and a consultant and you promote safety and, and violence. Um, uh, tell me a little bit about your TED talk. You talk about Oh So Safe on your TED talk.
2: Yes. Um, I, I, I couldn't come out cause you're not supposed to sell anything on, on the TED talk. So yeah. I had to kind of, uh um just it's more about education and informing but i basically outlined the vision of oso oh safe on my tedx talk uh-huh. and uh, i'm so grateful to my hairstylist she was a student at new jersey city university and i had told her what i do and she said to me sabrina um why don't you my university is hosting a tedx talk why don't you apply because the title of it is the past, the present, and the unknown. So I applied and I'm so grateful to her. Um, I was first an alternate and then I got the email about a week or two later saying, congratulations, you're one of the eight presenters. We want you to present at New Jersey City University. So I accepted and I rehearsed myself to death. Uh, Because you had to keep it under 18 minutes, and it had to be, uh, you know, you you have to know what you want to say, and it has to be uh, very um, educational. So I I presented it to a bunch of people, like, what are your thoughts? Um, And they had suggestions and everything. So I am so grateful to Natasha. That's the student, uh, the the woman at at my hairstylist. Um, She was so great. I, I'm so grateful to her because I wouldn't have known. And and she offered this opportunity to me and she came to see me that day and oh, it was so great. Uh, it was so well received. Um, I filled out the application and uh, um, this was in 2018. And um, yeah, I'm so grateful. Um, it, it was one of the highlights of my, of, of Oso Safe and, and me and yeah, it was it was so great. Uh, um I'm so thankful to her.
1: Yeah, I love those TED Talks. I think that they're so fantastic. I love watching them because they're just inspirational. And watching them is you really get kind of a a glimpse into people's lives and what they've been through and what their what their story is and you can really relate to that. And I think I think a lot of people whether they want to or not can relate to what you have been through and turning your situation into something positive to help other people is a really, really great thing. So turning, turning what you've been been through and your upbringing into Oh, so safe is a really great story.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Gabby. Um, likewise, likewise, I I really appreciate that. And, uh, um, I want to say, um, I guess this goes back to the warning signs. Um, pornography is a big driver of violence. Okay. So, and I could talk about that, that that's worthy of another interview, but, um, and we're all for sexual freedom. I'd also say, if I'm not talking about sexual freedom, I'm not talking about erotica, but pornography is a big driver of violence. And, that's another warning signs. If, if you're dating someone and they're heavily into pornography, look out, uh, look out, uh, male or female, I would say um, more on the male side, but it's uh, it's a bit it, it, and it's parallel to sex trafficking, child rape, child pornography, prostitution. Don't let anybody kid you. They're not separate. They're all meshed And speaking of TED Talks, there's a fantastic TED Talk. Um, His name is Ran Gavrieli. He's from Tel Aviv, Israel. And the title of it is, um, Why I Stopped Watching Pornography. And this is from the point of view of a heterosexual man. Great TEDx talk or TED Talk, great. Uh, Ran, R-A-N, Gavrieli. Yeah, I, I listened to him a few times and he, he he's on point with it awesome. excellent
1: talk great so if anybody wants uh more information about Oso oh safe how to bring Oso oh safe into the workplace uh the website is osso safe.com pretty simple <laughs> right Very simple and they can reach out to you at sabrina dot com. that's pretty much it. Um, do you have anything else you would like to add uh, to our listeners?
2: Uh, I thank you for this opportunity, Gabby. I, I thank you for, for your, um, your insight. And remember, everybody, you have the right to be safe in your own home. Just because you are a parent, it doesn't give you the right to abuse your child safety must become a required standard condition of residency. And we will see to it at also safe that that becomes the, the norm uh, in, in, in at home, at work and at school.
1: Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on. I really, really do appreciate it. Uh, I think we got a lot of insight into what you do and I think a lot of people will relate to it. So thank you very, very much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you, Gabby. And thank you, everyone, for listening today. Uh, I'll have all of Sabrina's information in the show notes today. So if you want to find out more information on her or see her TEDx talk, uh, is there a link to your TEDx talk?
2: Uh, Yes, there is. Uh, The title of it is, If You're a Victim of Home Violence, Don't Leave, Stay. And uh, yeah, but that's the title.
1: It's on your website as well it is Uh and if you just google sabrina Oso, it, it comes up okay i'll link that in the in the show notes um and i'll link your website in the show notes also so that'll be on there but um so if anybody's interested in watching that you can find that and uh thank you everyone for listening thank you for coming on and we will see you all next time
0: thank you so much for listening to the fit minute podcast fitness for real people with your host gabrielle mazar If you would like more information on today's episode, you can find it in the show notes and on Gabrielle's website at www.destinationfitcations.com. Visit to keep an eye out for upcoming fitcations. Be sure to share the show, give this podcast a review, and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. Join us next week to hear more stories from people just like you. This has been the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Real People with Gabrielle Mazar.